Welcome homeowners, home buyers, landlords, and tenants alike. People who just want to be better at living in a home. You're listening to Real Estate in the 608, Madison's real estate magazine for your ears. Join Madison Radio's Adam Elliott, real estate broker and landlord Ben Anton, as they break down the modern day barriers of home ownership. You'll laugh, you'll cry. And if you're not careful, you'll learn. Come on, baby, won't you hold me tighter than you... Thanks for waiting. That was the waiting song from Madison musician Seesaw. You're listening to Real Estate in the 608, Madison's real estate magazine for your ears. On the Facebook, at In the 608. Hi there, my name's Adam Elliott, I'm former Madison radio personality. And I'm Ben Anton, broker, landlord, famous podcaster. Mm-hmm. Why and not? Father of two. Father or a, of two. Yeah. What else? Yeah. There are kids in there. The kids I get keep it. busy. I, yeah. wear, I wear several hats. <laughs> How you doing, Adam? I'm well, Ben. It's good to see you. Welcome to our podcast, where in each episode we bring in a guest to talk real estate with us, although we're doing something a, a little unique here today. Yeah, we might. So usually we surround ourselves with people smarter than we are, but today, uh, for what I'm calling the squarish roundtable, <laughs> we are simply going to hope that we come off just as smart as you, or maybe a little smarter on just a few topics. Okay. All right. I, I like that. You'll get your top of the hour tip where we're going to give you some information about how to get by being a homeowner. One of the people we're pretty certain is smarter than us uh, on a lot of topics is Phil Plord, president of Blimling and Associates, a division of Dairy.com. He'll be in with his look beyond the 608. And you'll also hear local stuff. Local artists from right here in the 608 is who we play. It's right in our name, in the 608. And so we like that. <laughs> so you'll want to stay tuned for some roundtable discussing current events. Uh, mostly, in, we're going to start talking about your your new journey. I've got some changes going on, yeah. Changes. Yeah, that's all we can say without the licensing fee. Don't go any further. So what's been going on since last time, Ben? On the sad part of what's been going on, I had to end a landlord-tenant relationship. But I think we're going to spend a little bit more time about the joyful beginnings of your landlord tenant relationship. That's where I'm coming in. I am going to become a landlord for the first time. A little baby landlord. It'll be my first time out there doing this. Good thing you've hosted a podcast on the topic for the last several years. (laughs) It's like I was almost planning to do this in some way or another. All right. Well, we'll be back with more about Adam and his new journey. Sometimes I'm sure of, sometimes my head's not right. Snowing, snowing down, snowing down, down, slow. Well, that's what's been going on since last time, Ben. Let's talk about some ratings. I would like to believe that the people love us just as much, if not more than <laughs> ever. Um, but our first our first month, January, February, we, we heard back from the two people whose reviews we chose to feature that's on right. the program. Yeah. Uh, we featured a review in March. Mm-hmm. Crickets. Crickets. No, 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 no reply. Okay. No reply. That happens so, sometimes with our games. Those two lucky listeners, uh, I, I'm just about to reach out to them because the the real estate in the real estate in 608 uh, stainless steel vacuum insulated coffee tumbler sized <laughs> for your cup holder. Fancy. Are in production. Uh huh. And they will choose from either the fitted hat, uh huh, the stylish, ever so stylish fitted hat, or the uh, knockoff Yeti cup. Uh, if you hear your review read here, you could be a lucky winner. So I'm going to read the fourth of the year now. Okay. And if this is your review, reach out to us and you will choose from one of those beautiful prizes. Yeah. I, I, it's making me wonder if we need to up the swag delivery or something like, uh, maybe we got to get a car in there or something now. Asher, if we Asher, miss somebody. Asher's going to deliver it. <laughs> yeah, sure. We'll help out with that. Okay. As part of <laughs> as part of her training regimen, she's going to, they're going to run to your house. Oh, all right. And then you'll like hand delivered by it's, Podcast celebrity. I like that. Oh, I don't run. Digital influencer. I'm not a runner. <laughs> For those of you not keeping track, Asher joins us in the studio today. They will be part of our squarish roundtable discussion. Love it. All right. Love but anyway, it. here, here we go. Anytime we need something done around the house, want to start a new project, we think, I wonder if Ben is around. He'd know. Great to hear about what the market is up to and what things matter. Also fun local additions and music. So there we go. If that was your review, oh, reach that's out. Bad. That's nice. 
Um, let's talk about what we're going to do today. It's a little unique based on what we've done with real estate in the 608. And Asher, since you are, you're with us here and you said hello, um, thank you for being here. It's, it's wonderful for you to be in person here today. Yeah, thank you for having me. We, we often have Asher in to record the tip and the update. And that is, that is often after I've sat with Adam. Mm-hmm. So here we are all. All together. At, at the squarish round now. table. Do you see how the squarish round table thing works in I now? I do, yes. We could round go, table to square table. This is definitely we could, a rectangle. We could, <laughs> <laughs> we could go triangle. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> uh, Asher, Asher, you're not having been come up from uh, radio roots. Uh, we like to employ something called theater of the mind. Ah, <laughs> uh, yes. We may, in the mind of the listener, being, be sitting atop a, a tree house. It could be. That's where we are now. If we add in some bird call sound effects and the... <laughs> and the and not only that, we're at a round table on top of the treehouse in a tree right now speaking to you, t- if you can believe anyway. that. So play along, Asher. <laughs> Got it. <laughs> it's a lovely sunny day, too. But And what we're going to do here is we're going to talk about... Some We're going to talk about some changes, yeah, some big some changes, changes in Adam's life, in our life yeah. um, and, then, and, how they, and how they will affect us, but also uh, some teachable moments, perhaps, as Adam adds a feather to his cap or another cap or however, whatever, whatever mixed metaphor you'd like to associate with Adam and his new journey. Yeah, I like. I prefer a top hat. Is what I wear usually during the day. But that's like okay. the Monopoly I accept guy. All those uh, descriptions. Yeah. <laughs> Let's take a quick break then for the top of the hour tip. Hello, Liz Lauer here, owner and broker at Lauer Realty Group, a small but mighty real estate firm in the Madison market. Please tune in and enjoy the conversation and information shared from this podcast as it offers insight into the Madison real estate market and handy tips for homeowners from remodeling, interest rates, market conditions to the do's and don't evers. So sit back and enjoy the banter and have a good time. We're back with the top of the hour tip. The top of the hour tip might segue well into our market update, but am I hearing, Asher, that that the tip is go ahead and re-sign that lease? Yeah. So right now we're at an interesting time of year. So all of the first-time home buyers who have leases that start and end in August are probably thinking, wow, we really need to get an accepted offer soon. Otherwise, we need to re-sign our lease. A lot of these people are not going to get accepted offers by June, and by June, they probably already needed to have re-signed their lease. So what most people are going to do is re-sign the lease, and then they're going to stop searching because they got all freaked out. They just signed a year-long lease, when really what they need to do is keep pushing harder through June, July, and August. We talk, I talk all the time about the highest prices in our market being paid in June and July. Those offers are written... In May and June. So we are, we're in a month, we're going to be at peak hectic and people are getting out the big guns or it turns into a knife fight, whatever mixed metaphor you want to use. But what I'm hearing you say, Asher, is that I should not be uh, intimidated by the idea of re-signing my lease. Everyone would have a, a sublease option, some kind of sublease option, hopefully one you can communicate with your landlord about and go through a collaborative and cooperative process, worst case scenario, Wisconsin law allows you to mitigate a lease where you literally say, I've moved out, here are my keys. And that triggers the responsibility of the landlord to show a good faith effort in marketing your apartment. Sure. And what's really important to note is that July and August and the first half of of September are really slow in real estate. So if if you need to search in those months, you will probably compete a lot less than January through June. Last last Memorial Day, it was as if someone threw a switch. Mm-hmm. It was still busy. There's still people out there, still house for sale and still multiple offers on many of them, but it was not the spring of 2022 situation happening. So there you go. Top of the hour tip. Go ahead and re-sign that lease, but don't don't let that take you out of the house hunt. Hey, 
You're listening to Real Estate in the 608, Madison's Real Estate Magazine for your ears. My name is Adam. Uh, his name is Ben. Joining us in studio today, Asher Messino. Thanks again for being here. Hi, Asher. thank you, Adam. We're doing a square-ish roundtable. Remember, our roundtable's up on top of a treehouse in a tree, and we're kind of, <laughs> it's a little breezy up here today, but it's a nice day, so we're going to continue with it. Adam and I have both been going through some transitional moments as it relates to our landlord careers. Uh, we're going to talk a little bit about that, uh, about both the beginning and the end of tenancy. Uh, and then I want to just add a few little notes as we talk about tax time. Uh, but we're wondering, we've already asked Asher uh, some Madison history questions. Mm-hmm. And uh, and I, I didn't want to put them through uh, that trauma again. So I'm gonna. <laughs> I have I have written some. I have written some uh, some questions for the both of you. Oh, all right. And Great. then because oh. the goal will be that our listeners can uh, can enjoy my stumping you or or, or 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 cheer along with you as you have the bell rung for your correct answers. Are you okay? Re- and I don't know. You, you you can collaborate or I, I don't know. Yeah, but the it's way not a, are we enemies? I don't. I don't want to be enemies. <laughs> I'd rather be friends and we can work together on this. But okay. What, but what we do need to know is whether we're, the end result is that we're both fun, and the only way that we can do that is to play a game. Yes, a game we call the way it used to be. There used to be. There used to be. There used to be. Used to be nothing but smiling faces, far as the eye could see. Car in every driveway, swinging every tree. I have I have been bowling. Did you know that, Adam? Uh, I didn't. But In good one of, for you. So bowling. I thought I'd ask some uh, bowling questions, history questions. Some of which are specifically Madison related. Are you ready? Yeah, sure. Both of you. I'm ready. Yeah. For some reason, I thought these were questions about real estate, but it's about bowling. Madison, there is some Madison history <laughs> and real estate. <laughs> Just hold your horses. Okay. <laughs> Name. The nation's oldest certified bowling lane uh, in our state of Wisconsin, uh, maybe, and uh, and owned by the same family since it opened in 1908. Oh boy, the oldest bowling lane in Wisconsin. Oh, it's got to be like a something that's got like two or three lanes that's like attached to a. I don't know. No hints, like the yeah. the region of Wisconsin. Is it in it's, South Central Wisconsin? No. Hmm. If you th- think about, it, I I think it's a no brainer okay. having grown up there. Oh, all right. And, but I didn't oh, know no. I didn't know this Where historical are you from? fact. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this is my friend Asher. We, <laughs> we just met though. The only thing that's coming to mind is Dream Lanes, but that's because I bartended no, called, there for a while. <laughs> it's called it's called the Holler House. The Holler. Awesome. Oh, I have it, heard of that. It's in Milwaukee. Oh. You're from Milwaukee, and it's been a bowling alley since 1908. How many oh. lanes? I don't know, but it's still in operation. I'm sure it's grown. Crazy. All right, but here we go. Now, now, Asher, thank you. We'll bring it a little bit closer to home. <laughs> <laughs> on uh, on February 12th, 1930, is that your birthday? That's my birthday. Oh, happy, Not 1930. Happy birthday. <laughs> on, on Asher's birthday in 1930, <laughs> this bar made bowling history when Madison's Jenny Hoverson. Jenny Hoverson Kelleher bowled the first 300 game for a woman in sanctioned competition. Oh, boy. This Madison Bar and Bowling Alley. Anybody? You with me? Yeah. Who's which bar? Which Schweglers? Schweglers? Yeah, I'll I'll double up on that. Yeah. I'm sorry, you are incorrect. Ah. Let's. (laughs) This. What did what did what did my friend used to say about? It's the only bar. In Madison, like where they would turn the lights off to get you to leave instead of on, <laughs> um, the plaza. Oh, the plaza. The plaza. The plaza. Home yeah. of the home did of the you plaza say burger. Yeah. Bowling alley. Used to be a bowling did alley. Did it have some what? Lanes there? I did not know that. Nineteen thirty. That's yes. got to be one of the ones. That crazy. Like the lanes. the yeah. the historical uh, origins of the plaza itself. Some people rumor it was a tavern during the. Uh, during prohibition. prohibition, sure, and the bowling lanes were the were the draw or the cover. Mm. Uh, but yes, was a bowling alley. Okay, so here we go. A little closer, a little closer yet to home for Asher, a fellow East Sider. Are okay. you ready for this one? Twenty fifty three Atwood was home to a music venue named the East End. 
This building was demolished in advance of Kennedy Place apartment complex. Yeah. The yeah. east the East End, you you see where I'm going with this. The East End was also a bowling alley at some point. Yeah. Right? But here's the question for you. What still operational pizza shop had its first location just to the left of that former East End music venue and bowling alley? Oh, what, what was year? There? Like when I was in college, Asher. <laughs> way Long back, time ago. Way back, you know, in, right. the, in the early aughts. <laughs> All right. So East Side Pizza, it's got to be maybe an early version of Glass Nickel or maybe Falbo's. I was thinking I'm, Falbo's. But I'm going to stick with Glass Nickel because Ben's hovering over the bell right now. <laughs> Okay. My, All my right. finger is hovering over the bell like Salamanca. <laughs> there we go. Nickel. Yeah. Glass nickel <laughs> was at twenty. I think it was twenty fifty eight. At what? Yeah. Was that their? Is that their phone number too? Did I just have a flash? Ben, you get a point for an excellent Breaking Bad reference too. Yes. Uh, well, I, I, I was having. A, <laughs> what was the Breaking Bad reference? I don't watch that show. There's oh. a character who rang a bell. His name was Salamanca. And it's, uh, uh, that's how he would communicate, because I think he wasn't able to speak. Well, now I feel... Trembling uh, finger hovered I over the bell. feel just awful, because I don't think I it was fun. <laughs> okay. I, one out of three. I have the phone number. Oh, yeah. It is 608-245-0880. What did you say before? Had, I thought it was the address. I thought that yeah. would have been clever. Okay. I'm happy close. to hear you've, you're wrong. <laughs> Asher just gave a commercial to the Glass Nook folks <laughs> for the joy of proving me wrong <laughs> all right so on on a go so there we go uh before we get into the thick of it and and our squarish roundtable discussion let's take a quick break for the market update When I meet with buyers for the first time, I go through a little presentation, and at the end it says, unpack all your boxes when you move in, and then borrow a ladder. So that borrow a ladder thing is like kind of a metaphor. What it means is that I enjoy not only helping people buy their houses, but helping them live in their houses and learn how to be better at living in the house. The same better that I try to help you with each month on the podcast. So here's an invitation. If you are planning on buying a house or selling a house, look me up. Head over to benanton.com. Maybe sign up for my newsletter under the read tab. That is what I like to do the most is help. The podcast, the newsletter, those are just some of the ways I've found to help. So do you want that help? Look me up. You want a little help in between? Listen to the podcast, sign up for the newsletter. Thank you, and we'll talk soon. In with the market update, Asher Massino sharing some insights that uh, the broker owner of Lauer Realty Group and uh, and her faithful assistant Tiffany put together uh, some some by the numbers. Uh, first quarter this year versus last. What you got? So in general, we are down 23% in sales from the first quarter of 2022. So what and we're that- talking about volume, number of homes. 23% less or fewer. Right. So the first quarter of 2023, there were 796 homes sold. And in 2022, first quarter, there were 1,036. So if you thought it was bad last year, it's worse. As, as it relates to availability of homes and the number on the market. We have extremely low inventory. And we've been saying this for a few years now. So why why then? Next, step, next statistic, uh, average days on market last year, 27, this year, 34. I have a theory. Do you have any thoughts on that? About 70% of listings seem to allow buyers to have showings for about three to four days before they review all offers. And then there's always that 30% that will list a home and then review offers maybe that very day or within, you know, 24 hours. Mm -hmm. But that might be what's increasing the average days on the market from 34 days this first quarter uh, compared to last year's first quarter of 27 days on the market. Like more people are just are starting with that measured approach that they're that they're going into the game, anticipating competition and kind of pumping the brakes on the initial presentation. I have a different theory, and it's somewhat related to price. Average sales price last first quarter, 435. Average sales price this first quarter, 470. And then this stirs into list-to-sale price ratio. So last year, first quarter, things were selling for 102% of the listing price. On average, that means on average, everybody was getting a little bit more than they asked for, where this year... They're getting only 100%. They're getting what they asked for. I think that some people are getting greedy, and those people that have gotten greedy have affected our list-to-sales price ratio, 
as well as our days on market. I would agree. There's a lot of poor condition homes being listed. But I mean, yeah, I guess if you take all the homes together and people are listing a bunch of homes that need a lot of work and are, and are in poor condition compared to the houses where people are listing homes that are in great condition and those are the ones that are going 15, maybe 20% over. Yeah. Maybe for, it does all even out. For every house, if, if the average price is 470 this this first quarter, I can tell you I've sold a lot that were far less than 470 which means obviously because we're talking about averages that there's just as many that sold on the other side of 470 uh, to, to bring that all together. Let's get, let's move on now. Thanks. That's the market update. Uh, it's, if it doesn't feel like it, it's tighter than last year. Uh, we'll take a break now and uh, be back with our squarish roundtable and talk about Adam's journey. You're listening to Real Estate in the 608, Madison's real estate magazine for your ears. Find us online at inthe608.com. On Insta, Real Estate in the 608 is our handle. My name is Adam. Uh, ben is directly across this rectangly kind of round table. Atop the tree. Atop of the tree. And it's <laughs> the wind. You got a little more breezy out here today, but uh, it's still nice. The sun is out, so we're going to stay up here. And, and Asher has joined us as well. Asher Messino from the Lauer Realty Group. Asher, it's a treat to have another person in studio today. Thank you so much for having me. Yeah. Sometimes I just got to talk to Ben the whole time. So it's nice to have another smiling face in here. (laughs) I'd like to to think that didn't have anything to do with your big news. No, it didn't. (laughs) What's the big news, And I just, well, I guess we could lead it in a couple different ways. The big news is I'm going to be a landlord. The big news is I'm going to be moving to the West Coast. The big news is I'm going to be renting on the West Coast. I guess that's not as big news. I'd I'd say the landlord question is is the one that uh, is is in effect for this conversation here. I own a home over in the Heritage Heights neighborhood on the east side of Madison. Because of employment, uh, we're getting called back to go to work, and our jobs have been remote on the West Coast, me and my partner, Lindsay. So we are making the move to California. California. That For the record, <laughs> that was the uh, California from the hit show... Um, the OC. The OC. Oh, early 2000s OC. Wow. Yes. I'm going to date myself. I've, I've had Led Zeppelin going to California <laughs> okay. the whole time. Anyway, so you're, so you're going to be a landlord. I thought anyway. we could talk about uh, uh, Rhonda is renting or was going through the process of renting her yeah. single family home on Rotana. Mm-hmm. Um, but you were, you, uh, one of the first calls you made, you're going to be a California landlord. So you reach out to Johnny San Francisco. You say, Okay, what what are those first few things that you would do? And he points to Zillow and he points to uh, former guest Kristen from Step Inside Media. Yep. Tell us about that. So, right. So, Johnny, our, our former guest, uh, you know, has some insight of landlording remotely from another state. And I'm like, this is probably the person I need to talk to. He said, don't skimp on photos. Photos make a big deal. If you get good photos, um, you're going to get a better, I think we described it as a quality of renter. So the first thing I did was was reach out to Kristen and with Step Inside Media and say, I think it's probably worth taking photos of my place. I could have probably done it with a, you know, my iPhone, but I wanted it to look nice. And I was also thinking down the road to say, what if I do sell this someday? Um, let's get some nice photos now. Yeah. Just in case your tenants screw it all up and you've got to rely, <laughs> no, don't and you've got to rely on five-year-old step inside media photos. Did you get the virtual tour? I did. I went with the full package. So I got that, the dollhouse, the, the Matterport, which kind of zooms you through the house and some photos and and they did uh, drone photos, too. That's great. There yeah. are so many people relocating to Madison right now. Yeah. Tons. It wasn't. The, I, I'd say it was a very reasonable deal, too. It, was it not, is. Not a bad and, deal. and I just moved someone. I just accepted an application on a small place on Livingston. And they asked me uh, right after acceptance. They said, do you have a floor plan? I was like, no, I don't. Sorry. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. Sorry. I skipped over that. They did. I don't know if they use technology or if they developed that. It's the result of the of the 3D Matterport. Yeah. They can produce a measured to the inch drawing. Yeah. I was like, how? I didn't see him with the tape 
measure out, but <laughs> it showed up. And, and that's cool. I think that's great. I think it added uh, a good amount of value. And based on the response I got, people were looking at the photos and they were impressed. And where where did you put where did you put your your listing? Or what what, did, what was your next step? Yeah. So I am going to be renting in California because that's the only viable option I could consider because home prices are so expensive out there. And the rental, which I had already done like a month before, was through Zillow, which is something I had never used and I didn't even know that they offered rent, but they have um, rental management tools and also rental payment tools through Zillow. So I had like an introduction to them and I said, you know what? Um, I don't know how to draw up a lease. I don't know how to market this thing successfully. Like I know some things that I could do, like I could probably get it to Zillow, but Zillow has these things built in and Zillow also distributes and pushes content out to hotpads.com and trulia.com. And I said, you know what? That sounds like good SEO to me or good ways that I can push they've, this thing out. They've got people that specialize in that there, I think. I think they're all connected. <laughs> like either they, you know, owned by the same company or they just, you know, they collaborate. Yes. Some- Zillow and Trulia are, in fact, owned by the same company. Yeah. One, one bought the other. So um, does Zillow get a part of your money then? They don't. They can if you want. There's options to choose how much, uh, like the level of service you want with them. I went for the I pay nothing and you take nothing from me. And there's like a free exchange um, in there, which I thought was pretty nice for the landlord side. When somebody goes to apply, which is another tool that they have built in there, you kind of structure what you want in your application. They are charged a $29 fee, which I didn't necessarily like, but that $29 fee covered a credit check and a background check on the person too, which I also did not know how to do otherwise. Well, that's, you know, honestly, a lot of places require renters to pay that anyways, directly to a landlord. So it's really not like an additional cost for buyers or renters. Excuse me. I, I don't charge one. And, and that bit me, Mm -hmm. uh, this last go round, I had a place on summers available. I, I showed it to the people. I showed it to their aunt. We showed the pictures. I communicated with them. They say, yes, I draft the lease. I send it to them. And we're at the very end of this process. Now I've already, they've submitted an application. I looked them up. I double checked. I did all the work and they're like, oh yeah, sorry. We're going to go a different direction. Yeah. So that burns uh, a little bit. So yeah, yeah. so I I was going to perhaps think or revisit my decision to not charge a fee, but that seems like it right. seems like the nice thing I do. But guess what happens to nice people? So the yeah. fee will be called the Madeline <laughs> um <laughs> You oh know, no, Madeline! Stuck me, stuck me with a <laughs> call out. Stuck me with this BS application fee. Yeah, um, but that was actually her name too. So, um, <laughs> so maybe beat that out or something. So, I mean, the the other reason is like the the tool Zillow collects. You can submit W-2s. You can submit paychecks. It has, like, infrastructure. So one person could just send you all of these things at once. And I was like, am I going to have to go back and forth to, like, ask somebody? Okay, like, great. You applied. Now give me a a rental check. And now give me, uh, you know, your employment history. It kind of all did that in one space, which I thought was convenient. Sounds just like healthcare.gov. Are you getting insurance, too? Not. <laughs> Does someone keep calling you and offering you additional coverage? <laughs> um, so, so Zillow turned out to be a good solution for you. That's you shared a spreadsheet with me that I think maybe you should share with the people at Zillow because it was, it was. Did did that automatically populate? No. Does Zillow automatically populate your spreadsheet or no? Zillow populated all the data that was collected in that spreadsheet. I created that spreadsheet so I could have a comparison of all the people who were submitting applications. Which, by the way, there was. 150 inquiries in five days and 50 people applied. Oh, my God. And how many people applied before they even saw it? I'd say that was closer to like 20-ish. And is that so. is that because those people are so familiar with the Zillow platform that they like have one ready to go or that they can, can they press a button that automatically submits an application on their behalf? They can. And some people did apply without having seen the house. I would actually say the reverse is true. Hey, 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 hey. 
based on the conversations I had with people, there was large unfamiliarity with how to do things on Zillow. I think most people were more used to like a very manual process Mm. because I did have to explain to say, nope, you go to Zillow and you know where you saw the photos and you can apply right there too. And you do the credit check and here's what it does. Yeah. There was low, low awareness of all those. I am very manual in my, in my one, I don't let people apply until they've seen it. Mm -hmm. We talk about the, it has been my experience that if someone wants to apply without seeing it, they don't care what it is. Because no. that's not the hurdle for them. They don't think they're going to get approved, so they're going to shotgun applications until they... Ah, uh, gotcha. I don't, I, I don't want to... I mean, it's partially that, but it's almost as much, I don't want to waste my time. Yeah. Like, I want you to see it. I want you to know that you love it. And I don't want you to submit an application unless you are going to respond, yes, the moment I approve said application. Did you host an open house for all of these people that inquired? I I did. So I listed on a Friday. I had an open house on a Saturday and I probably had like 30 people come through that day. And then I did a follow-up open house the following Saturday. And I had like probably another 30 people. So not everyone who uh, inquired or applied, I think, showed up. Well, that, that is, that's, that's talk about, you know, low inventory. Those might be some of the people that didn't buy any of the 396 sales in the first quarter and are, are now needing to find a place to rent. Um, the mere fact that 150 people inquired about it, like that was a signal to me. Like, okay, clearly there's there's a need here that people want and they're trying to fill. Um, Craig, does anyone even go to Craigslist anymore? Is that a thing? <laughs> I don't know. It seems like more people go to like Facebook Marketplace. Facebook yeah. Marketplace. I had some people recommend that as... as, as um, I tend to do like I, you know, we talk about you talking about again the the quality of the tenant. I like people that are hungry, and mm-hmm. that like are I like act proactive. Um, so when I first have a, a listing, I will look to my email and I, I keep people's inquiries there. Like, hey, when you get so, you know, let me know. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm looking in your neighborhood and I really like your website, and or I had a friend that lived here, or I like your place on Atwood. Uh, can you let me know when an, when something comes up, and and. And often that's as far as my listings will get because Mm -hmm. someone who has either a friend of the family or a friend of a tenant or someone who knows the neighborhood or someone who's listened to the podcast or a friend that got sent to benanton.com, they're saying, can you reach out? And I do. So don't, I mean, not everybody does that. I doubt. How many people are on your list right now? I don't know. I think because I just went through four, uh, four units available, um, Two of which still are. Go check it out. BenAnton.com rent. <laughs> um, I, I, I probably went through about ten people, and eight of them had found what they were looking for. But there were two that ate up two of my vacancies. Yeah. Um, and nice. one, one was in August, and one was a. Uh, what was the other one? Well, and then there was the. The, the, one the one that we'll talk yeah, about a little the bit. other one well y- yours your situation just begs my question too when you have a list of people like my immediate question was like i had a ton of information how do i know who's the right person here and how do i make a decision here and i i don't know if i was if i really even have a solid footing as to how to make a great decision in that space well have you made the decision i have made the decision All right, well let's first just say good job i'm sure you made a great decision um <laughs> to in advance of, of discernment and in advance of screening, you needed to decide on your rules. Right. My rules yes. are a certain number of years of clean credit that I check via the circuit access, circuit court access, uh, a certain number of years of positive landlord reference, mm-hmm. as well as a verification of income to support the support the rent. And again, we're using similar to the 28% in a mortgage, we're using one third. Yep. So I want to make sure that your gross income is more than three times the rent. So those are the rules, um, as well as not lying or, you know, as, as that your application be truthful. Um, I do not do credit checks. Um, that's kind of big town. Like, I feel like, yeah. I feel like if you jump it into Zillow, that, that kind of takes you and, and I'm always going to advocate someone try to find a landlord like me where you get to deal with the landlord. Yeah. Um, because it's that relationship, it's that ability to communicate and work together that's going to, I think, uh, 
make the the journey a, a good one or an easy one. Sure, but I think like he's moving to the West Coast. Like maybe you have more peace of mind by doing more of more thorough of a check. Certainly, yeah. I mean, like in my mind, I wanted to make sure somebody had the income to pay the rent, and I wanted to see if they were delinquent in payments. And you know, credit scores I think are a little bit gamed, and I think they don't offer the same story for everyone that's out there. But it was at least like a high level way for me to do screening, and you know. Even as I say that, like, unfortunately, I did use credit score as a factor to know, like, where you're at. And I know, like, we came out of the pandemic and everybody had a story, <laughs> or at least many people <laughs> said, you know, hey, it was a hard time. And I'm like, I, I understand, you know, I take that into account. I think uh, you asked some questions here or put some notes down. Uh, what are the things that landlords should know ahead of time? What, what were you going for there? Yeah. So I, I think it's that question is like, what are the things you're looking for? And then what, what does the lease look like? Like I have not had, I've owned a home for the last 15 years of my life. I'm like, what needs to be in a lease? What do I need, need to legally say to people uh, to make sure that I'm in accordance with the law? Like, I don't want to scam and I don't want to come off as like somebody that's, you know, a bad actor in any way. Right. So that, what are the things wanna, that want to make shit up? Like, exactly. Be like, what are the things that I can do to make people who might potentially rent for me feel a little more assured that like this is not a hustle? Yeah. Because I'm doing it, I'm doing it pretty rinky dink. I'm the landlord and like there's no agency or there's no structure behind that other than just me. And I get that. So I want to make sure the renter is going to be feeling assured that this is something legit for them. I'm often asked if there's like a registration process or a licensing mm -hmm. or a, regist a registration and, and there isn't. Anybody can... Yeah. Buy a house, rent it out. Right. Um, so it, it's not a bad idea to to sit down and talk to someone who does. Um, I often provide the standard Realtors Association lease mm -hmm. to people um, that any any real estate agent you know would have access to that form. There's a residential lease, which is generally for terms of a year or more. And then there's a rental contract, which can be used for periods less than that. Um, and then I also have a, a, a one-page addendum that mm -hmm. is like, rules that are specific to my property or that have to do with things like late fees or collections or, or things that were not covered adequately, I felt, in the, uh, in the lease. I feel very fortunate to have a good friend in Ben Anton who had these things <laughs> and was able to hold my hand. Well, there's there's also there's parts. also yeah. rules like the like uh, Asher would know that in a house in a house built before 1978, we use the addendum S uh, to disclose uh, whether or not the the seller is aware of lead-based paint in the home. Uh, in a rental situation, that is the addendum L uh, for mm -hmm. lead, uh, but also uh, it requires you to provide the EPA brochure. The yellow mm -hmm. and or orange and black brochure that if many of you turn your into the Wayback Machine, you might be remember handing the paper version of that. <laughs> it's available as as the paper version on the P, as, a as a PDF. A PDF um, yep. But it's uh, it's tricky because you're supposed to pick the first qualified applicant that meets your criteria, and at having them all dumped into your inbox at once. Well, that's that's different. I don't, you know, it's, it, it doesn't, it, it, the rules may not, um, may not work as well in, in a, in a high, highly technical or internet environment yeah. where literally there's going to be a bucket of people and you can, you can pick who, who rose to the top. Um, the, the other issue with, with Zillow and I would admit that seems like a, like that, that's, I would, I, did, I wouldn't even look there. Like yeah. I, it seems, homes, yeah. seems kind of like next level, like people who are the only the savviest of the savvy might be looking on Zillow and, and, and maybe Johnny's right. Maybe that's going to lead to a more pleasant, uh, tenancy because you've got somebody who's, who's really got their head in the game in the same way that I'm leaning on people who are proactive. Yeah. Those people that are digging as deep as Zillow might also be. 
proactive in a sense. I think you're onto something there. I wondered that same question too. So just knowing that I'm like, I'm posting the thing online. One, somebody needs internet access. Two, somebody needs to know how to function in an application environment like Zillow and how to surf and navigate those things. And then three, like when people were asking me questions at like my open houses, there was, again, there was a very low understanding of like how to do that. And do I trust Zillow? Like, would I want to submit a W-2 to Zillow? It's probably, I'm like, it's my question too. I'm like, who sees this information and how does it get out? Or people that don't necessarily, because in, in Madison, we also have to accept proof of, a, proof of ability to pay a similar rent uh, as, like, that is as reasonable as showing the income. Oh, so in Madison, that we, makes sense. we need to be able, we <laughs> accept someone um, in that way, uh, someone who drives pizza. Yeah. Or a bartender or who makes who makes the majority of their money in cash. We are obligated as Madison landlords to accept the ability to pay that rent as proof of income. That's for, why you know. people were submitting their monthly income. I didn't know why people were saying well, I paid gonna, this much rent, but that makes more sense. Right. <laughs> like if they say I only make this much on paper, but I've been paying yes. eight times that in rent, well that that could also be adequate proof in Madison. Or, actually, you know what? I'm no lawyer. We'll say that first. Um, (laughs) Because that might be one of the rules that is no longer. Because Scott Walker said the municipalities can't make tighter or stronger rental rules. Uh, I wonder if that's one that was effective. Uh, Same way that it used to be in Madison, you needed 24 hours notice. But since Scott Walker, legally, it's 12. Interesting. Since you you talk about expanding out, I was getting applications from... Milwaukee, central Wisconsin, I think even Chicago, like northern Illinois, like it was in that across that whole area, in addition to a lot of Madison applications, too. And I thought that would be one of the upsides of using an app is like I can expand the audience of potential eyes on this. That's 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 what we do. That's why when we sell houses, our pictures are that good Mm -hmm. and Mm -hmm. why we're going to put it on on the MLS, which, again, is networks into every single one of those truly a Zillow mm-hmm. hotpads, you know, um, but just the same. So that is a little bit about the beginning of the tenancy. Uh, I did just a little bit of of, of, of Googling here. I want to uh, – Claire, our inter- Instagram consultant, had, uh, had talked to me about a RentSmart program that the uh, UW Extension uh, offered for a time, and I wasn't able to find too much about how to sign up or how to take it, but – but just these takeaways, which I think, again, speak to learn learn new skills to build positive relationships with landlords and neighbors. Mm-hmm. And again, being part of the community like that, that's going to be a big deal. I just moved a, a, fr- a family of, uh, or not a family, but a, a chosen family of Nicaraguans into one of my places. And it's like so much nicer when you can just like introduce everybody and say, we're all going to get along and this can be easy and it might be a little hard, <laughs> but we're going to, we're going to do this. And, and everyone was willing in game and that's going to be what makes it work is, is mm. the ability to communicate and be part of a community, uh, gaining confidence in their, uh, uh, the things that this course might offer, gain confidence in their ability to find and maintain affordable housing. So where are we looking? I guess we're looking that, you know, that while access to technology may be important, uh, that Zillow is another player, or perhaps, sure. perhaps, uh, and if someone were to show up through there, that does lend their application credibility. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So there's there's a takeaway. Uh, understanding the application and screening process used by landlords, uh, that's going to be so different for everyone because it's cl- we just learned it's different for you and different for me. Right. Yeah. So there is no real single way okay. that landlords are are looking, but. Maybe understanding that alone, that there is no single way. And right. again, establishing that communication and being communicative and collaborative and, and trying to build that relationship to learn, what are you looking for? I can go there. I can do that. Right. And that was one of my biggest questions. It's like, am I doing this right? right. I, I have no reference point to know where I'm doing this right and other the, than talking to you. And <laughs> the final point, learn the responsibilities and the rights not only of the tenant, but the landlord. Correct. To understand everyone's role, what is expected of them. Uh, by by the municipality, by the state, uh, and make sure that because if you you know if you don't, especially you see the property, there's certain things that are expected as it relates to condition. Mm-hmm. If you're not seeing that when you view the property, what would make you think that this person is 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 going to toe the line on the paperwork 
if they're not following rules as it relates to condition. True. If, if yeah. the if the building uh, doesn't have proper security or locks or care or trip hazards or trash or rodents or rats, you know that those things all tell us that this person does not care. Yeah. And why would they care then about how gentle or appropriate they're going to be when there's a problem if they're not solving problems on site on their projects? Going to the bar with the money from a jar Walking there because I'll have a problem with the car Gonna take a sip, gonna take a little trip Gonna purchase tea and whiskey, gonna leave a big tip What's interesting is that in some larger cities, there are realtors that do this work for you. Realtors that actually go around right. and list properties for rent and find tenants. Here, we don't do that. But I get calls from people from Chicago and New York all the time asking me to help them find rentals. And we just don't do that here. We, Why don't we do that now? There are no mechanisms in place to pay the agents to do it. Okay. <laughs> just, just, just in that big city, uh, if Asher lived in uh, Chicago uh, and spent her day showing rentals, every lease that gets signed, she gets kickback. Yeah. Just like yeah, a com- yeah. or a commission, just like as a buyer's agent in this market, it's actually the same form. The WB thirty six buyer's agency agreement has both the criteria for working to help you buy a house, as well as the criteria for f- helping you find the one to rent. Uh, but uh, and they both call for a commission, like the the agent responsible for procuring cause okay. would be paid by the landlord for the for the privilege of that making that connection, but. In a market where there's, again, scarcity uh, and and there's not the systems in place, we don't see that here. Yeah. Interesting. I mean, it would almost seem like the scenario that we're in right now. I mean, Madison's at 98% occupancy last checked. Like that, doesn't nine, that usually 95. breed innovation and <laughs> need for and demand for, for roles? 95 <laughs> is considered full. So yeah. we have been more than full for <laughs> the last eight years. Right. Yeah. Which so. has been showing in rents. And showing in the fact that that your rent uh, is, is that you're modest, what twenty two, twenty two hundred, twenty two hundred yeah. uh, for a four bedroom uh, single family home well, on, in Heritage Heights is like that's that's. Affordable. I felt like it was affordable. No, that's decent. Yeah. I I don't let my friends don't let friends charge too much, Adam. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, and interestingly enough. Everyone knows that there's high rises going up everywhere, and we still don't have enough housing here. All right. Yeah. And, uh, and enough laundry, but that's a whole different story. <laughs> um, I thought, I thought that the one, one other thing that happened to me, and I, I'm not going to dwell on it, uh, but um, I had an eviction last month. So yeah. we were talking about the beginning. I thought we'd wrap up with a little bit of like the end. Uh, people often ask, what does that look like? Yeah. Or how does that go? ever are in an unfortunate situation where you need to go through that process i can i can i've now done it officially that was your first um, one well it's kind of our third one but this was different in the sense that this was not an eviction for inability to pay this was someone who was on a year-to-year lease mm-hmm. and at the end of that term last summer i gave notice to two individuals i said we're going to go to a month-to-month lease and the two of you are going to help me decide uh, which one of you will be asked to leave first. Like, because you're both causing problems almost more with each mm-hmm. other, but those problems then become my problems. So after a, a number of months had passed, the two of them helped me see that the majority of the problem was coming from one individual. And the the his inability to make good choices whatever you want to say had had gotten to a point where it was affecting everyone in the building so i simply had to ask him to leave and that is done uh at the end of a month to month tenancy that can be tenancy that can be done with a 28 days notice mm-hmm. so like a month's notice mm-hmm. so at the end of january i delivered a 28 day notice that would have required him to leave at the end of february leave a in good standing. Right. He continued to pay his rent on February 1st, but didn't really show any signs that he intended to leave. So, on March 1st, 
it was clear that he was not leaving. <laughs> and at that point, he simply became a holdover tenant. He did not pay rent. Is that a legal definition, a holdover tenant? Holdover tenant. Yeah, like, okay. So he had, he had been given notice and he did not leave. After receiving the 28 days notice, I was already at that point um, well situated to take the documentation of the 28 days notice down to the sheriff and file for eviction. What they do after that is it, you're going you're gonna to walk a lot between the courthouse and the sheriff's office. You literally like you go back and forth several times during this process. Um, but that first day I went, and then I go to the sheriff, and then they deliver the the notice, right? Mm-hmm. So the first thing you're waiting for is like an arbitration. So you're getting like kind of a court date, but it's with the commissioner. Yeah. And it would have been an opportunity for everyone to be in the same Zoom in a little breakout room. That's how it's happening now. Uh, but that that was scheduled at about mid-month. So to even, hopefully negotiate in good faith to say like, look, we've decided to end this relationship. Yeah. So he, he didn't show up. Didn't show up. Okay. So that's halfway through the month. So at that point then, a default judgment for eviction was entered. Now, I'm pretty certain that based on the case as it would have presented itself, he would have been, like, he, it wouldn't, his presence there might not have done anything but bought him a little more time. Uh-huh. But in the, very, the very quickest it could happen was another two weeks. So I was then able to take that paperwork from the courthouse to the sheriff, get that, and then there's the process, the server, uh, the the process server, which is done by the sheriff as well. So that's the second time now that the sheriff is going to get paid by the mile and by the visit to come out and do a posting. Um, unable to uh, to connect with him, uh, or that he did not answer, then I could also utilize um, certified mail. Mm-hmm. Is the is like the the oldest of the old right. ways to like. Legally, that's that's enough. So, uh, certified mail then, as it related to the the final notice, um, and then the sheriff also posting, but they simply post say we're going to be by at some point to escort you out. So you should leave, and you should take everything with you. It was about a week later that I knew he was coming, but the sheriff asked that you don't tell the tenant when they're coming for probably a lot of, he said, for obvious reasons. And I was like, well, let me think about all of those reasons. (laughs) But so then at that point, there had been several warnings given, several deadlines passed, and the gentleman needed to be literally escorted by the sheriff out, um, which left... Every everything in the house, everything right? in in the in the, the, yeah. in the albeit small studio apartment, but that process legally he yielded. He has no more right to his belongings. No more right. That, to, does that become that, your property then it, to take care of? The, the, yeah. the word starts with P R O, but I wouldn't call it property. It's more like my problem. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> oh no! Um, but they, these guys, God, you know, that's that's not easy work. But the two round-bellied sheriffs showed up and were very gentle and kind and courteous and walked him out. He didn't uh, put up a fight. No, there was no fight. He were you did. there? I was there. I had to change. I have to change the locks while right they there. stand there. Yeah, they won't leave until I change the locks. Did you do it yourself? Yeah. Nice work. Thank you. Oh, I'm quick, man. But, yeah. So then, and they called the. They there's like, does he have any vehicles? Yep, it's in the driveway. They called tow truck. I'd you know I'd been mindful enough to make sure that it wasn't parked in. So, but yeah, like they don't let him drive his own vehicle off the property. It, it had been sitting. I don't oh. know that it ran, but um, but yeah. So one month, best case scenario. So that, so the big the big picture here is that it went as quickly as it could, All right? Because he did not put up any fight, and it still took more than a month. There is, this could have been a situation, because this could happen to anybody. If you are ending a relationship with one tenant and then you've showed the unit and you're trying to get someone new in there, this could be the, this could be the problem you have yeah. simply by someone refusing to leave because right. they didn't have a place to go. I get it. That's a big problem. But, but you, it was a month, a month and hundreds of dollars, even in just court fees and, sh- and sheriff visits. 
It was several, not to mention the loss of rent and the week and a half that was spent emptying the apartment. And, and now the empty, now the, now it's empty. And I'm not going to, you know, it's, it's unfortunate for everyone involved, yeah. but, but thinking about the big picture, even when everyone is doing their job as fast as they can, minus the tenant who didn't, did nothing, but the fact they did nothing allowed it to go faster. Yeah. It was a one month issue. So you pay court fees, you pay the tow truck? No, you pay, the, is the this... tow truck the, the, the he would pay if he ever got the car out of, mm. of uh, mm. out of the yard. But anyway, a lot of people ask. I have never really been able to give a good answer because the other two situations were, were significantly different. Come a little bit closer, hear what I have to say. One last thing. It's April 15th, about-ish. It's tax yeah, time. That's right. We didn't get our postcards yet, though. We didn't. That come this time of year. It's like, I'm paying all my taxes, and then I'm being reminded about how much my taxes are going to be uh-huh. as it relates to real estate. Um, so remember, your assessment going up is like fun because they trick you. Like, oh, look what my house is worth now. Like, <laughs> it probably is. It probably is. But I want to remind you that the assessed value is just part of a complicated calculation that will determine how much money you pay at the end of the year. Right. It is not your market value. Well, that's also also not your market value. But keep in mind, the assessed value is then manipulated by the assessment to value ratio, which in our county I've seen range from like 97 to 100%. So that's one way they adjust the numbers. And then they also are allowed to every year vote on the mill rate. Oh, no, the mill rate is back. The mill rate, which can change. So in theory, in theory, if your assessment went up, your tax bill might not go up. Might not go up. Mm. Because, still, because, because they take the budget. They take how much money we need, Correct. and then they work backwards through it. But they can change all three of those variables every year. Your but it still value, seems to be going up. It hasn't gone down yet. And the mill rate. <laughs> That's, I know. All right. Let's take a break for Phil. And uh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to ask him specifically to address property taxes. Maybe he'll say something. I'm hoping he'll say something wise about property taxes. Tony Hill and Washboard, she would play. She played it on the boardwalk every day. Time for Phil's phone in. Phil Plort is my business partner in Deacon Housing, president of Madison's Blimling & Associates, a dairy commodities consulting firm, a division of Dairy.com, and host of the brand new podcast, The Dairy Download. Keeping an eye on the faraway and diverse markets is what he does. Seeing how it might affect real estate here in Madison is what he does for fun. Here he is with a look beyond the 608. Hey, Ben, it's Phil with a view from beyond the 608. When it comes to taxes, Wisconsin is a lousy place to live. It's no secret that property taxes here are high. According to WalletHub, our state is tied with New York with the seventh highest average rate in the country, 1.73%. Now, looking at number eight on the list, you'll find Texas with an average rate of 1.74%. Beyond winter weather, though, there's a major difference between the two states. Texans pay no state income tax, zero. That's a pretty nice trade off for paying comparatively high property taxes. There's no similar trade off in Wisconsin. In fact, TurboTax shows us at number 10 on the list of states with the highest personal income tax rates. Ever wonder why people and businesses are relocating to Nashville or elsewhere in Tennessee? Well, there's no state income tax there, and property tax rates are 15th lowest in the country. Arizona, another state with big net population inflows, ranks number 12 on property taxes and number 10 on state income taxes. Sales tax is another consideration. When you factor that into the mix, Wisconsin does a little better, but our overall tax burden is still the 17th worst in the country compared to Texas at number 29, Arizona at 34, and Tennessee at 47. So why would anyone live here? You could argue that we get a lot for our money. Healthcare rates high here, number 15 according to U.S. News & World Report. We're number 14 in economic opportunity and number 17 in natural environment. Maybe we should keep that in mind when filing income taxes this week or puzzling over the next property tax bill. 
That's all for now. Until the next time, this is Phil with a view from beyond the 608. My grandpa gave me a wheat penny and I kept it in my pocket. You're listening to Real Estate in the 608 Madison's Real Estate Magazine for your ears. Your host, Ben Anton, across the round table, up on top of the tree, blowing in the breeze. It's a lovely day outside. My name is Adam Elliott. Our guest has been Asher Messino. I'd like I'd like to think of, of Asher as family. It's a family? Aww. I think we are family. I I don't think they're a guest anymore. All right. Our third (laughs) member of the family is Asher Messino. I'm the monthly feature for like at least three years. I don't know. This might be Asher's practice run. They don't don't know it yet. (laughs) Is this an interview, this whole thing? This might be a practice run. (laughs) If someone posts a review, if someone posts a review and mentions the value that Asher brought to this episode, they might, because you're leaving. You're going to be on the phone. You might be on the phone. Asher might have to sit here at the squarish round table on top of the tree in the wind. Okay. All right. (laughs) I'll start thinking of a market update and a top of the hour tip for next time. Anyway. So, so yes. So what, what do we, what do we talk about this time? Yeah. With with family. With family. So is the beginnings and endings of, of, uh, of a real estate relationship. A little bit about where to find, how to get, where to put, both from the landlord as well as the tenant perspective. Yep. And, uh, you know, I would note that I went the Zillow route. That's not necessarily the right route for everyone. Um, It seemed to work okay for me. Um, For someone who has a million friends on Facebook, (laughs) I, I don't. Really, but <laughs> but like that has like that's where Rhonda starts. Uh huh. Like mm-hmm. just dip your toe in a little bit because if you can find somebody like that's known to someone else or a yeah. friend of a friend or through a through a network or through a resource, that's going to take a lot of pressure off the 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 application process and that and that there's just some comfort level. I mean, you can get bit by that too. You can always get bit, but it's going to be like. There's a certain amount of value in that in those associations. Yeah, there's like an implied relationship that's already established there, almost. <laughs> Except for Madeline, 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 <laughs> oh, no, Madeline Rogers. <laughs> what did we? This what did we name after name her? We're going to get the plaque up on the wall. <laughs> the official, the, the newly established mm. Madeline Rogers application fee. <laughs> uh, because because she was uh, she was someone who knew. Whose 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 local family knew me, knew me or of me? Gotcha. And was sent to my website, so I felt like they were in. I felt like they were in the fold, like they were family. <laughs> no, never again. <laughs> Fool oh, no. me once. <laughs> <laughs> All right. I would like to. So thank you to Asher. Thank you to Adam. Exciting news on the uh, the the Sudbury. What's your What's your new street name? Uh, Main Street. Head to Main Street. Wow, but I won't be in exile on Main Street. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> I, just, oh, I just put that together today. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, thank you very much, Adam. Thank you, Asher. And thank you, as always, to the uh, In the 608 musicians that you hear between our banter. Yeah. Folk, the likes of Renclaw, El Doc, the Oak Street Ramblers. Bob Westfall, Seesaw, and, the, and Adam's mother. Yeah. The, She's going to miss you. I, I She's in the Mad Sea Jug Band. Let me that's tell it. you about the mom pressure that's on right now. <laughs> <laughs> she is. Switch from, switch from give me a grandbaby to will you at least live in the state? <laughs> uh, and a big thanks to you for tuning into our podcast. We do appreciate you being here. And we, and we love your reviews that mention Asher. That we do. No pressure. Bye-bye. Thank you for listening to Real Estate in the 608, Madison's real estate magazine for your ears. Real Estate in the 608 is a podcast for homeowners, homebuyers, landlords, tenants, people who just want to be better at living in a home. If you can't get enough Real Estate in the 608 between episodes, like us on Facebook at In the 608 or visit inthe608.com for archived episodes and show notes. Remember, until you tell us, we don't know. We appreciate your listening, as well as your ratings and reviews at your favorite podcast portal. We also welcome feedback and topic suggestions via email to ben at benanton.com. Come on, baby, won't you hold me tighter than your fists curled up in a schoolyard fight? I'll be a backup when you're calling my name. Come on, baby, won't you keep me safer than it
Waiting song 